Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you and praise you for this opportunity to gather together, Father, to fellowship. Father, we pray now for open hearts and open minds that your word will not return void, that it will go out and accomplish what it was sent to do. And we give you the praise and honor and the glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. So two guys are sitting side by side on a, on a flight, and they had talked about everything you could talk about. And one guy finally pulls out a picture of his wife and says, man, look at my wife. Isn't she beautiful? The guy looked at and said, hmm? He was like, no, isn't my wife beautiful? He said, well, if you think your wife's beautiful, you should see my wife. And he said, your wife beautiful? And he said, no, she's an optometrist. <laughs> <clears throat> Apparently, they got uh, these glasses right here. Woo! <clears throat> All right. So, um, man, missed y'all last week, but Daddy did a fantastic job. A fantastic job. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't listen to it twice. And I actually tried to put some of it into work, which is even better, right? That's, that's what we're about. So to, but today, we're going to talk about um, identity theft. You know, there's companies in the world that have identity theft companies of millions of dollars worth of business that protect your identity. And, and I would bet Miss Elsie's identity is probably not very at risk, but I would think our young folks that's on all of the different platforms and social media and all your information's on the internet and your bank and everything else. I mean, that's where you're most vulnerable, right? Your identity is out there. And the enemy comes and attacks and changes your identity or takes your identity and steals your identity. But if you're more isolated, your identity is less at risk. And in a time frame to where, for whatever reason, it seems like the biggest thing the enemy has going on right now is who you identify as. Right? I mean, we have to announce our pronouns and who we are and what we believe and everything just to start a conversation, which I, I refuse to do. Um, but we're in a situation where uh, probably more than any other time in the world, we have to identify ourselves. So if you're searching for your identity, um, a lot of times we get hung up in where we went to school, who our friends are, any kind of clubs we're associated with, or maybe if we play a sport. I mean, right? I mean, you know, I mean, me personally, I... I I associate with the St. Stephen Gun Club a lot, right? I really like the hunting club, and sometimes it's prideful to, oh, where do you hunt? Oh, I hunt at the gun club. And everybody around here knows, right? But that identifying as part of the gun club, oh, man, there's some folks that I don't necessarily want to identify that are part of the gun club sometimes, right? But we run into a problem to where we identify with what we do in the world. And unfortunately, all of that stuff is temporary, so, so let's just say you identify as your sport, right? I'm a football player, I'm a softball player, I'm a basketball player, I'm a soccer player, I'm a whatever. Everybody that's ever played a sport, at some point in time, there comes a time to where they tell you you're too old to play anymore. Whether it was little league or in high school or in college or professional, even the best of the best, right? They're like, hey, look, we appreciate what you've done for us, but you're too old to do this anymore. So what happens if your identity is based on a sport that you played and they tell you you don't get to play the sport no more? Or if your identity is in a job, right? I mean, the, the goal of most folks, right, is to work a job long enough to be financially stable enough to be able to retire, right? That's the goal. So if you identify as your job, well, I'm a this or I'm a that, then when you retire, whatever age that is, 
What are you then? What are you? Because you have spent your happy, is that what she said? Yes. <laughs> Retiree. That's even better. But if you if you stake your claim into who you are based on what you do, those things fall, those things fail. Right? Even if you like, well, I am a, you know, whatever, I'm a conductor on the train and they fire you, all of your identity just got trashed, right? So I want to tell you about some identity points that don't go away. At the end of this, we're going to read out a list of things that we are, right? We are. I mean, we are the body of Christ. These, these are all about us. So I'm going to go through some scriptures, and I praise God we're going to get all the way to the end of this. But when I first started working on this, my first sentence was, when your identity is based on Jesus, it becomes unshakable. When your identity is based on something in this world, whether it's a homeowner or a, or a basketball player or a, I'm an engineer or I'm a conductor or I'm a pharmacist or whatever, all of those things are subject to change. You don't know where God has it. You might say, well, I am a this, and then God called you into missions, and the next thing you know, you're in another continent preaching the gospel. And, and what you thought you were wasn't really who you were to start off with. So when our identity is based in Jesus, on Jesus, it becomes unshakable. So let's talk about who we are first. So uh, the book of Romans, chapter 8 and verse 15. For the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought you your adoption to sonship by which we call Abba, or Daddy, Father, right? <clears throat> and the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So if we were going to identify with something, as we become saved, when you become saved, the first thing, the first mark in your, your little book, the first feather in your cap should be that I'm a child of God. Instantly, when you become saved, you are adopted into the body of Christ, and you are adopted into God's family. Now, if you hear folks, and I've heard some stories talking about kids being adopted, right? Especially grown children who have suffered through not having a family. When they become adopted, it is some uh, emotional deal to where they just don't understand how somebody else can love me that much. Well, as Christians, we're in that same boat. How can something love me so much to do what he's done for me, right? But we are adopted into the family. That's one. Galatians, we're still adopted in the family. Some of these have two verses. Uh, Galatians <clears throat> chapter 3. Oh, come on, Bible, turn. Did I not mark it? Galatians 3.26, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all who were baptized into Christ have enclosed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew or Gentile, neither slave or free, nor male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. For if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See, we like to segregate ourselves out into different groups, right? I mean... The black and white and yellow and green and pink, right? We, well, I'm this, so I can't be that. 
But, but, but even then, we, we segregate. Our, would, let's see if I can do something that's really politically correct. Hunters and non-hunters. Meat eaters and, and vegetarians. Um, you can't like both. Soccer and football. I mean, you know what I mean? You, we, 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 we try to find things that, Clemson and Carolina, we try to th- find things that divide us. Right? We, 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 but we identify with them. Right? Woo, my team won. You know if you didn't watch, your team would have still won. No amount of cheering or yelling at the TV changed anything that was taking place. I mean, my kids have convinced me of that, that I can't yell and make them win or yell and make them lose. But I've tried. Riley goes, you know they can't hear you, right? Okay, just checking. But so we identify, we segregate ourselves into different groups. But what we are, are all are, the way he said it here is, that there is neither Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, black and white, young or old, pink or green. It doesn't matter. We are all part of the body of Christ. We've all been adopted into the same thing. So we're adopted and accepted. Okay? That's our first two. So turn with me to 1 John, and it's bunches of them. I might end up just reading a list at the end of this. 1 John. We got a couple of 1 Johns today. chapter 4 verse 7 dear friends let us love one another for love comes from God and everyone who loved has been born of God and knows God and whoever does not love does not know God because God is love this is how God showed his love among us that he sent his one and only son into the world that we may live through him this is love not that we love God first but he loved us so we are adopted, and we are loved, right? And, it, you know, most of the folks who grew up in this church grew up loved. I mean, even if your family didn't love you, if you come here, people loved on you. People tended to you and cared for you and hugged your neck and asked you how your week was, whether they cared or not. I mean, really, we, they, they tend, we tend to love folks. But people who are in the world... You know, there are folks who not who doesn't feel very loved, who feel like they are isolated because I'm this and this and this, nobody loves me, or because I like this and this, nobody loves me. And that's what the enemy really tries to do, right? When you want to separate out, if we all come together as one body with one goal and we all have God-centered, we become a pretty awesome force. But if you can segregate us out and white and black and young and old and green and pink and Clemson and Carolina and working and non-working and retired and little kids and old kids, and, right? That, that's a much easier attack, right? Because if you had to attack my children with me standing there, right, if we're on one front, not going to go real well. I'm not near as gullible as they are. I have seen the stories. I have heard it. I understand. I know where they're coming from. Not happening. But if you can separate them away, right, if you can somehow convince them that they're not part of the same group or that they don't agree with the same ideology or that they have different opinions, when you separate them out, they're much easier to attack. Which is why this is so important for us to have this identity straight, to know that we are all part of the same body. Because when we have that group that's around us and that 
safety in numbers that surround us, we have some people that we can talk to, people that we can identify with. It gives us much more opportunity. All right, so we're adopted, accepted, and loved. All right, turn with me to Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians 4, now, now listen, I, I want y'all to know that I, I'm, I'm doing mostly single or two sentence, three sentence verses. They're background in every one of these verses. I'm not taking them out of context. I'm just trying to hit the high points so where we can make it through it. Because if I had to give you all the background on each one of these, I would never make it. So Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ Jesus, Christ, God forgave you, right? So we have to forgive each other just as God forgave us. Because if you want to talk about uh, something pretty tough, it's toting old sin, right? And, and I preached on that before, right? Worrying about what's stopping us from going forward because of what's behind us. Right? The sins that we've committed in the past of somehow stopping us from who we can be in the future. Right? But when we have the understanding that we've been forgiven, that God's grace flows constantly over us, washing us free of sin, it gives us a different personality. Right? So then you can't, the devil will come to you and go, well, you can't be a Christian because that one time you did, and you can fill in whatever blank you want. You said this, you did that, you drank that, you, you went there, you shouldn't have went here, right? Satan will quickly remember, bring you to your sins, right? As I was looking for the joke this morning, I read one and it doesn't really fit in the beginning, but it'll kind of fit here. And this lady said she was flipping channels and stopped. And this guy on TV was telling about all these wonderful things. And it was drinking and smoking and adultery and all this stuff until she realized it was really a list of sins that the preacher was talking about. She wanted to be part of the group until he figured out these were all the don'ts, right? But that's what the enemy wants to do is bring you up all the don'ts, right? All the things that you have done. Seclude you away. I can't go to church because I did this, right? People are separated out of this out of this group. People are separated out of this group because they have a guilty conscience and they believe somehow that God doesn't love them or won't accept them because of something they have done. It's the biggest lie that's ever been told. And you know what? Unfortunately, it gets told from here a lot. It gets told from the pulpit a lot. But let me tell you, God loves you. He loves you just he sent his only son to the world. And when you understand what the definition of in John 3, 16, he sent his one and only son to the world. When you understand what the world consists of, every human on the planet, every sin, every lie, every abuse, every filth on the planet, that God loved them so much that he sent his one and only son. To die for them and their sins. So if you can get to the idea that God loved you so much that he sent your son. And I like to say that, man. If God was sending Jesus just for one person, his name is Robbie. He loved me so much that he was willing to send him for my sins. Not y'all's sins. My sins. 
And you should be able to say the same statement, right? That God loved me so much, not the world. He loved me so much that he sent his son, right? So we're forgiven. So we're adopted, we're accepted, we're loved, we're forgiven. 2 Corinthians, man, I'm on. It's that many. It's a bunch. 2 Corinthians 5. 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, <clears throat> the new creation has come and the old is gone. The new is here. Right? So we aren't the person that we used to be before we were saved. That thing I did before I was saved, that's not even the same. I'm not even the same person. I'm not even the same person. That wasn't me. That was somebody else. That was the old man. That old man has been put to death. He is gone. He was sacrificed with Christ. I'm a new creation in God. I'm sorry this is as good as the new creation looks, but this is a new creation in God. Um, we stay in 2 Corinthians, over a couple pages. 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. No? Yes? No? And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will <clears throat> abound in every good work as it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor and their righteousness endures forever. We are blessed going in and we are blessed going out. We read just a second ago that all of the blessings of Abraham came to the Gentiles. That's us. We, we are them. So we are blessed we're adopted, we're accepted, we're loved, we're forgiven, we're a new creation, and we're blessed. That, too, stops a lot of folks from coming into this room. The world has tried to convince you that it is not okay to be successful and a Christian. The enemy has tried to convince you to be a good Christian, to be a good Christian, you should be beaten down and tortured and tormented and busted and disgusted and broke. That's a good Christian. If you don't believe me, you flip some channels and watch the people talk. I guarantee you they want you as broke as a joke. But God has never said, I really want my people to be broke. King David said, I was young once and now I'm old and I have never seen the children of God beg for bread. Why? Because we are blessed. <clears throat> Man, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Psalms 1. So blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or that sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates on his law day and night. That person, us, us's, is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. That's who God wants us to be. When we identify with stuff, well, you don't understand, uh, I don't have a college education, or I didn't graduate from high school, or I can't be successful because I... I have a speech impediment or because I have a funny accent or because I laugh funny, right? You, the, the enemy will come up with all kinds of reasons why you can't be successful. 
All of them are a lie. God said that we are blessed. Our leaf does not wither, and whatever we do prospers. Now, whatever, if you look it up, that's lots of stuff. Whatever. Whatever is like a big realm, right? He didn't say, and, and your children will prosper, yes. Your business will prosper, yes. Your church will prosper, yes. Your hunting will prosper. Praise God it will. Hallelujah. It's, it's hunt week, baby. It's time. Whatever we do is prosperous. When we identify who we are in Christ, when we, our identity is based on Jesus, it becomes unshakable. I'm blessed. I'm saved. I'm healed. Right? That, that's who we are. All right, Ephesians. I am going to make it through the list. Hot dog. <clears throat> There's a couple in Ephesians. Uh, start off with Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, don't bend my page. Um, chapter 2, verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. And also members of his household built on the foundation <clears throat> of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus. We are saints. We are people of God's household. Uh, flip it over, Ephesians 3.17. 16.17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts and through faith I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with the Lord's holy people or saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ is. We are saints English standard, the King James standard, King James version, the New King James version, all that where it says God's people, God, the Lord's holy people, that's saints. We're saints. We are the saints of Saint Stephen, but it's the saints, right? So we are adopted, accepted, loved, forgiven, a new creation. We are blessed. We are prosperous, and we are a saint. Now, sometimes. It's really difficult to make that statement, right? Now, I'm a saint. And people go, yeah, buddy. I'm sure you are. But we are. I didn't say I was a saint. I didn't say I thought I qualified for what a saint is. God said I qualify for what a saint is. God said that I have inherited this title, not because of me, but because of him. See, that's this whole identity thing. You basically, well, this is who I am. I'm nothing. When you base it on what God says, it's powerful. It's valuable. It's incredible. I skipped ahead a minute ago, and I didn't mean to do it. Um, Y'all probably could quote it, but I'm going to read it anyway. <clears throat> First Peter chapter two. Oh, let's read twenty-three. And when they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. And when he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. 
He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we may, we may die to sins and live for righteousness. And by his wounds we have been healed, past tense. I'm healed. Have been. Already was. That's a right. That's who I identify as. Right? I identify as healed. Well, you don't look healed. I understand. You, you might not know what you're looking like. I'm healed. The promise of God says that I am healed by his stripes, his wounds. I have been healed. So I am adopted, accepted, loved, forgiven, a new creation, blessed, prosperous. I am a saint and I have been healed. That's a pretty good list. That beats the daylights out of a Carolina grad who owns his own business, and then nobody cares. All right, we got a couple more. Stay in it, First Peter. First uh, Peter chapter three, and um, chapter three, verse twelve. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteousness, and His ears are attentive to their prayers. What does it mean to be attentive to? Right? If you're tending to little kids, they can be like yelling and screaming and I mean my, my I mean whoever's little Philip's little girls, who's ever little girls. They can be playing and running and yelling and sometimes you hear what all they're saying and sometimes you don't hear all what they're saying and sometimes it catches your attention. I'm sorry, what? You go set what on fire? No, 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 we're not going to do that. But when you're attentive to, that means that you are focused and deliberately listening to you know what i mean it's not being like most of y'all are attentive to what i'm saying most you, you you're you're paying attention you, you you're trying to hear what i have to say god is attentive to their prayer that's us the, the, those people for the eyes of the lord are on the righteous that's that's us and his ears are attentive to their prayers neil when you're talking about having the opportunity to speak to the creator of the universe, the one that knows the beginning from the end, or the end from the beginning, the Alpha and the Omega, the one that it, nothing was created without him, and he is attentive to what I have to say, that's pretty powerful. You know, if you had the opportunity for the the mayor to be attentive to what you say, or the, the governor to be attentive to what you say, or, or the sheriff to be attentive to what you say. And I would say president, but I don't know about that one. But anyway, if you, if, if you had somebody that you could have that was attentive to what you say, who listened on purpose to what you were saying, that's pretty powerful. Well, we have that in the creator of the universe. All right, <clears throat> we're getting there. Um... First John again. Uh, first John, I'm on the wrong page. I was like, that don't match. Chapter 5, verse 15. <clears throat> and if we know that he hears us, right? We just found out that he was attentive to us. We know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. 
So let's go down this list. Adopted, accepted, loved, forgiven, a new creation, blessed, prosperous, a saint or God's holy people, healed, heard, and we have whatever we ask. Now I ask you, would you take that deal? You already got it. Unfortunately, we walk around with this same thing saying that I've not been accepted, I'm not loved, I'm not forgiven, I'm not blessed, I'm not prosperous, I'm not healed. Where did you get that idea from? Where did your information come from? That's the question now, isn't it? You know, if you ever have somebody like try to open an account in your name, y'all ever had that? You ever had to? I had my whole identity stolen, right? They, I don't know what they were stealing, but they stole it. Where did you get that information from? I actually had somebody change my billing address on an account, local, somebody local, changed my billing information, and the bill was going to them with my name on it, and they were running the bill up and not paying it. And I asked the young lady, who told you that? Who gave you that information? I didn't give it to you. Right? That's my information. I didn't give you that information. Where did it come from? Well, I don't know. So I'm asking you, where did you get this information from? Because if you want to talk about where the information that we have based on what we know come from, it should, it should, it should wholeheartedly come from God's word, right? He left it here on purpose. It's the perfect written book. I, I saw something on, on Instagram this week, and I shared it with a handful of y'all, but there are 65,000 cross-references in the Bible. 65,000 cross-references, and they're perfect. 65,000 times a verse has been quoted in a different place, and it is the range of times of where they've quoted verse back and forth, from the old to the new, from the new to the old, from the beginning to the end to the end to the beginning. This is the most perfect document that has ever been compiled. This says who we are. And if you are walking around with an identity that is outside of what this says you are, then shame on you. Orders from headquarters says this is who I am. I can't remember the daggum list. I done wrote it about three ways this week. I have had it out of order. <clears throat> it says that I am adopted, accepted, loved, forgiven, a new creation, blessed, prosperous, a saint, God's holy people, healed, that I'm heard, and I, whatever I ask, I have. Why would you accept anything less? Why would you entertain anything less? Who said? Do not allow the enemy to thief, to steal, to kill, and to destroy your identity. Who you are is based on what God said. Not on what the world says. Not on what your fellow man says. Not on what your family says. Not on what anybody says. You should be rooted and grounded to the extent that I know who I am based on what God's word says about me. And that's it. But the problem with that is, is for you to be able to make a statement like that, 
You have to renew your mind and you have to read your Bible and you have to understand what God's word says about you and you have to have faith and stand on what God's word says about you. That's not easy. It takes effort. It takes effort. But when you do, and when you come to the idea to understand who I am based in Christ, it is absolutely unshakable. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word, Father. We thank you for the gifts that you've given us, Father, that you have created us, that you know the hair on our head, Father, and we just give you the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.